Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the DDP. I'm Paul. It's the 3rd of August. We are fully underway in this first week, moving through the 14th chapter of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, I want to pick up where we left off yesterday, which was the disciples go into the city. They find everything as Jesus had told them, which was, you're going to meet a man. He's carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. He'll have a room ready for the Passover. This is where they go celebrate what we often call the Last Supper. You can thank Leonardo da Vinci for that, for his painting, The Last Supper. It's not what the Bible calls it. It's the Passover meal. A meal that, by the way, Jesus says he lusts to eat and drink with them. That's Luke's version. We'll get to that in the next few days as we get into the Lord's Supper. Verse number 17, in the evening he came with the twelve. Now as they sat and ate, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you who eats with me will betray me. This is the culmination of the introduction. Mark gives this teaser earlier in the chapter, this introduction to Judas Iscariot, who goes off, and talks to the chief priests about betraying Jesus or giving Jesus up. And then we leave that as he comes to celebrate, and then he sits down and brings up Judas. This is a clever little bit of writing by Mark, sort of a a novelist version. Psalm chapter 41 verse 9 says, Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted who ate my bread has lifted up his heel against me. This is a psalm of David about the blessing and the suffering of the godly. Who was it that betrayed David? Well, we, I mean, maybe Absalom. He had a lot of, he had some shady characters along the way in his story, but this has been taken to be prophetically fulfilled in the, the moment that Jesus basically quotes it. One of you who eats with me will betray me. He doesn't quote Psalm 41 verse 9, verse 9 verbatim, but by eating bread with the one that's going to betray him, he is becoming the Davidic figure. This is Jesus as the king who is betrayed. But I also want to just slow down here and let you and help you to remember something, and, and that is that Jesus has spent his ministry eating with people he wasn't supposed to eat with. This, is, this one is no exception. Jesus has ate with publicans and sinners and Pharisees. He's ate with people with whom he has serious theological disagreements. He's ate with people who, with whom he has serious moral practice differences. He doesn't live the way these sinners live, yet he eats with them. He doesn't believe the way all these Pharisees believe, and yet he eats with them. And now, on the night before his death, he eats with the ultimate opposite. A traitor. Someone who will sell him out in a mistaken desire for a messianic position. Judas. And if you don't know what I mean, listen to my essay. As you give my thoughts on from a few days ago, July 31st podcast, on what I think Judas was doing. But here's Jesus voluntarily moving into this. So the Holy Spirit has spoken to Jesus. God the Father has spoken to Jesus about his betrayal. 
and has shown him who it will be. However, and not to do too much work with what we did in the essay, but necessary to say it as we go into these verses, it's not obvious that the betrayer is Judas. Listen to verse 19. They began to be sorrowful and to say to him one by one, Is it I? And another said, Is it I? Another gospel says they all said, Is it I? This is... And, and it's only John, by the way, the non-synoptic, that really starts to blame Judas. It really hones in on Judas as a thief and the carrier of the money bag. But in Mark's version, Judas is going to be the one that betrays him. We already He already told us that. He foreshadowed that in verse 10. He, he, he sold the climax of the plot in verse 10. But Mark wants to remind the reader that on that particular moment, everybody in the room wondered if they were the one. So when Jesus says, one of you who eats with me is going to betray me, the way we treat Judas in our stories, you would think every disciple in the room, when Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me, all of them looked at Judas. <laughs> because, you know, here's Judas with his beady little eyes, and he's kind of hunched over, and and uh, he's always saying these subversive things, and every, he kind of gets on everybody's nerves, and he's always arguing with Jesus. But that's not what happens. When Jesus says, one of you will betray me, and it's going to be one of you who eats with me. One of you who eats with me is basically his way of saying, you guys are my friends. Somebody from this inner circle who I've shared my life with is going to betray me. And every person in the room says, is it I? Am I the one? No one in that room suspected anyone else in that room of this guilt. I don't, I don't know how hard we should land on this, but I'm going to say it, and I want you to just kick it around. Think about it. Is this moment a moment that should be highlighted in all of our lives of how we should act in the midst of accusation and judgment on someone? That when we hear someone's done something wrong, Instead of investigating them, pointing them out, canceling them, highlighting what they've done, maybe what we should do is say, is it I? Am I doing that? Am I guilty of what I'm hearing so-and-so has done? And if we could slow down and say, is it I, before we said, no, it is him, or is it you, or it is that person or that group, that little pause, that speed bump in which we stop to say, is it I, might be enough to keep from casting stones at Judas. And I know that everyone in the room is not guilty. Only Judas is the one who's actually going to betray him. But... Everyone in the room wants to know if they are the one. Again, I don't. how hard do we land on that? I don't know. But it's worth us thinking about as we close today's podcast. Tomorrow we'll close this conversation and begin the institution of the Lord's Supper. We'll see you then. God bless.